Welcome to the Oceans Ministries Podcast. Here's your host, Tim Spikestra. Welcome to Ocean Ministries Podcast. And today I'm excited to have with me, here in Colorado actually, a good friend, Dan Undercuffler. And um, good to, did I say that right? No. Unter, sorry. Unter. <laughs> it's the dyslexia part. Undercuffler. Danny and I uh, were on staff together, along with his wife, Kaylin, at uh, Cross Point Church, and that's where we got to know each other and um, became brothers together in ministry and in Christ, and it was a, a great time in my life just to see God working in a young couple uh, filled with God's Spirit uh, to work with the youth and worship and and it's so good to see you again. And since then, God has called you out. And why don't you share a little bit your journey and what God has brought you to. It's exciting. And where the Lord's leading you. Yeah, I'd love to. It's good to be here. Um, like Tim said, yeah, we uh, we were ministering together at Cross Point, And God kind of put a vision on our hearts a while ago that he was going to be moving us uh, into something that we didn't know what it was. Um, he doesn't tend to tell you the whole picture at the start of it. And through a lot of prayer and fasting and discernment, just felt God saying, uh, it's time to take a step of faith. And he called us down to uh, a church in South Orange County, which is the last place I ever thought we would move, um, and told us to go. And so um, took a leap of faith with our two young boys and, and are having to live by faith, but we're getting to be part of a, a young church plant which is really exciting. It's a lot of work, uh, but it's it's kind of at the ground level and it's exciting and we're getting to help co-lead this church and pour into youth and I get to lead in music and Kaylin gets to do some preaching and we just get to use the gifts that we feel like God has given us and he's stretching us and we're learning and we don't know what we're doing, but we're just crying out to God and he's being faithful. Um, and I'm so grateful that he spoke and that we had the ability to answer him. And so that's kind of where we're at today. So it was a leap of faith. You didn't know exactly where God <laughs> was going to take it. And it's been a daily leap of faith um, financially to move from Chino uh, to live. I'm sure it's not cheap to live, you know, in nearly, what, no. five miles from the ocean yeah. or something like that. But God provided you a place. Um just share with us some of the ways where you've seen the faithfulness of God in that, because God called you out. You took the step financially. You didn't know how God was going to provide for you, but both of you felt this would be good for you and your boys uh, to be obedient to his voice. What just share some of the ways you saw God's hand in that. Yeah. Um, one of the really powerful things about our move was that I felt like it was different than anything I've seen. And as soon as we knew and felt God's leading, we we talked to the leadership at Crosspoint and kind of just told them what God put on our hearts because they had raised us up and poured into us and uh, have been such a huge part of God calling us into ministry. And, and they were able to walk with us through this process where they kind of handed us off to Edge Community Church that we're part of. And it was a really beautiful thing. Um, and they're actually helping support us um, in this process as church planners, which you don't a lot of times see 
one church supporting mm. another church like that. I had just never seen it. And it's been a really powerful blessing to us um, that we're still connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and God's using them uh, to take care of us. Um, and since we've been down there, one of the big blessings is we're getting to do a lot of ministry in our home. We have our youth group meet in our house, and we have all these kids pouring in and wrecking our house, and <laughs> eating our food, um, and it's beautiful. And, you know, our neighbors see all these kids pour into our little townhouse, and we get to talk to our neighbors about what God's doing. We do music practice at my house. They're hearing these songs, and we're getting to know our neighbors and you know, we saw a guy, we've been praying for him, his foot got healed and God's mm. just starting to show up. Um, and even just hearing the stories of what God's done. Wait, that, go for wait, it. Now, you need to explain that. Because that's a great, <laughs> great story because God intentionally, you felt, put you in this neighborhood. So explain that because that's, I think, at the heart of the gospel and what God wants to do. And just Yeah, we... Uh, it's really cool. There's a family across the street from us, and they have a son. He's five, and so Graham and Wyatt, our boys, have been playing with them, and they ride bikes, and they just do all the boy stuff, and it's that's just a blessing in of itself. And we've been befriending uh, the mom and dad, who are just awesome people. Um, and the dad had broke his foot, uh, I forget how, but months, eight, probably eight months ago. And since we moved in, he's got this boot on his foot. And he's a has a pool business, so he's walking around all the time, and and I could just see the frustration. I would talk to him, and I just felt so bad for this guy. And it's just taking forever to heal because he's on it. And so their son was over our house, so they came over, and there's a couple of people from our church at our house too. And we started talking and getting to know them, and and we just said, hey, tell us about your foot, and and we talked, and we said, hey, we're gonna pray for you. We're gonna pray that God heals you, and you know, we prayed for him, and it wasn't this some magical thing it's not like we felt anything crazy happen in the moment we just prayed for him and the next day he went to the doctor and the doctor asked him hey how's your foot feeling and he's like i i think i feel good and the doctor said well good because your foot's totally healed and he hasn't had the boot ever since and what was really cool was we saw them the next day and they came up and they're like i don't know what happened but you guys prayed and now he doesn't need the boot and we got to testify that we think the Lord healed him. Mm. And, and now we've been in relationship with them. And this is powerful. And, and God just showed up. And we just want to see more things like that happen. Kind of reminds me of New Testament Christianity. <laughs> and, I, and I know that's kind of your heart. Um, God has gifted Danny and Kaylin with just great um, uh, discipleship parts where they just get to know people in their neighborhood or in the church community or workplace and just uh you know share that love right and that's Mm. that's kind of at the heart of this church too is really talk about that about building disciples and what that looks like at the edge for sure um one of the beautiful things about being part of a church plant is that you just don't have anything Mm -hmm. so we meet at a school you know we pack up we set up we got to get out before we get charged more and so all of the discipleship has to happen somewhere else. It can't happen for the most part at a, at a building. And so um, we meet a lot in our homes and, and relationally, I just feel like that's what God has called us to do, whether it be youth or, or the men and women, or when we do our meetings, we're doing it in homes, we're doing it at 
Starbucks or Pete's Coffee, or we're getting taught. You know, we're trying to do, we're trying to be the church out in the community, um, and to build those relationships because I feel like for too long the church has been stuck in the building, and uh, we need to get out there and just be who God has called us to be, but be it outside, and that kind of just washes out on the people. Um, and we're just trying to pour our lives into people, and then as we disciple, we're saying, hey. Why don't you grab some people and do this thing too? Uh, and we're, that's kind of the model of, of what we're trying to do um, with Ed's church. And it's really beautiful. It's hard mm-hmm. because as as a church, we're not used to that. We just kind of consumers naturally. I mean, even myself included. And so we're trying to change that paradigm. And uh, it's worth it. It's hard work, but we're seeing really great fruit from it. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm so thankful to be part of it. So here you, you know, beautiful place to live. <laughs> yeah, it's um, not too bad. <laughs> by the ocean, uh, a pretty affluent community, right? I mean, you have, yeah. but but is the needs the same? Uh, you've worked in Chino, yeah. you've worked in other places, but what what's their heart issues like? And, yeah, um, yeah, like Tim's, it's it's beautiful. It's not the worst place for guys to call us. <laughs> we live by the beach, and you know, we can paddle, you know, and and and. God's good, and that's inspiring and all. Um, but it is affluent, and there's a lot of money, and that's been it's kind of weird to get used to. You know, um, we don't we don't have a lot. We're just relying on God, you know, and that's cool. And so, what you know, we're trying to pick up on what I'm noticing is that there's a lot of there's a lot of wealth. There's a lot of um, people with businesses. They're real creative, but there's a lot of things masking brokenness. There's a lot of brokenness in families and in marriages and in addictions. And in that sense, it's the same as everywhere else, but they've covered it up a little bit better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But even just in the people we're meeting at, even in our complex or just around the community, the family is just broken down. And so God's just revealing to us, like, this is why you're here. And it was even a struggle initially when we felt God calling us down because, like, God, I don't want to go. I mean, what do they need? You know, God, and God just kind of revealed to us like, hey, they need Jesus. Mm-hmm. They need Jesus just as much as anybody else does. And I'm going to take you from somewhere else. I'm going to drop you in there because you're not from there. And I'm going to make you live by faith in a place where they have plenty of money. And it's a really ironic thing. Mm-hmm. And God says, let your life be a witness to who I am and, and meet them in their brokenness. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's messy. It's kind of scary. And yet, if the gospel can't change that, and I think it can, mm-hmm. you know, we have the answers contained in this. So it's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great opportunity to do ministry. Mm. Yeah. One of the things I love about you and Kaylin and your two boys is, is your commitment to your family, mm-hmm. uh, your commitment to your wife. Um, and your two boys, and uh, what a beautiful picture for the area you live in that you don't need a lot of stuff, you don't need a lot of things, you don't need a lot of toys, but Christ in you has given you this passion for family. Mm. Uh, Share that a little bit about family and what that means to you, because I think that's at the heart of uh, the gospel too, is God restoring family and uh, as His Spirit lives in us and how that Mm you know, floods out to the community. So tell us a little bit about yeah. your family and <laughs> yeah. and why that's so important to you. 
Yeah. Um, I think family's the key. You know, I had, I had parents that loved me and my brother and modeled a marriage that was beautiful. Um, and I longed for that. And I, like a lot of people who are single, didn't think I deserved that. I know Keelan didn't feel unstruggled, but we, you know, we waited on the Lord and God brought me a million times more than I deserved or ever thought. And I married up and I'm not letting go, you know, she's just incredible. Um, and you know, God has given us this family of these two boys that we just love. And, and something we realized doing ministry, especially youth ministry is that, you know, one of the things we love doing together is we get to be husband and wife to students. They get to see that, the good or the bad, and, and we get to show them what it looks like. Just invite them into our home, and this is this is what marriage looks like. And it's an accountability for us to to be the things we're preaching, to be the things that we're singing, and, and for our two sons to model uh, what we want them to be, to model steps of faith, you know, God moving us. One day I'm going to get to tell them what happened and why we ended up down in Orange County. And and we get to say that, and I hope that that means something to them. And I really think if we did nothing else with ministry and I just gave my life away for my wife and for my kids, that that would be enough. And so that's always we are fighting to put each other first um, and, our, and our boys first. And anything else is just an overflow out of that because – you know, so, so many people don't have the stability in their home, in mm -hmm. their marriage, and, mm -hmm. and, and they don't have that to rely on. And when you have a marriage relationship where, hey, we're in this, I love you as much as I can, but you got to know you can't fulfill me like God can. Mm -hmm. He's the only one. Then it's like we can actually love each other now the way God intended. Mm -hmm. And it's so freeing and it's mm -hmm. and you can confront and you can love and and that's such a powerful witness. I mean, think about the garden, right? Mm -hmm. What did God put in the garden? He put a husband and a wife. That's how he started. That's the that's the covenant he mm -hmm. makes. And and that's we've lost that. Mm -hmm. um, and and not just the world. The church has lost that. Um, and we gotta we gotta get back to that. We gotta get families back. We were Danny and I were just at a really cool coffee shop. Did you like it? And I loved it. It was very cool. <laughs> it was I'm sure called, you've taken no one else yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> I hang out there once in a while. It's it's not Starbucks. It's called FICA, and um, we had a great just a great conversation. And even the passion for Ocean's ministry is to make the Father known. Mm -hmm. And we were Danny and I were just talking about. Um, really believing God is on the move. And one of the ways is restoring the home. We talked about uh, Malachi, the last chapter in Malachi, the last verses of the Old Testament, where it says before the, the coming of, the, of Elijah, uh, or Elijah's before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, God is going to send the spirit of Elijah that's going to return uh, the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Mm -hmm. And restore the home yeah. and just just like you're talking about but it goes back as you said it goes back to that relationship with god specifically god the father and um how jesus when he did ministry he did it out of uh his identity and his love with the father that's where his identity was mm -hmm. and uh we we're just talking about in you know, in the history of the church, you see movements. And in the time of the Reformation, the 1500s, 
uh, it was a movement back to Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, there's there's only one way to heaven. We're justified by faith in Christ alone. And, and it was a powerful movement, got the church back to Jesus. And then a couple hundred years later, there was this great awakening, uh, the movement of the Holy Spirit. And for about 300 years, we start learning about how we need the Holy Spirit to revive us and to fill us and use us. And and I really believe, and Danny and I were talking about that this, that the next move of God that we're going to see before Jesus comes back is a, a better understanding of who God the Father mm-hmm. is and um, how when we live in relationship through Christ, we we're, we're revealed this incredible Father that our identity is in Him. Yeah. And Danny, I think Danny is maybe one who shared this song with me. Um, it's it's goes like this. He's a good, good. Can you can you sing it for? <laughs> you don't have your guitar. But talk about that. Talk about you know. And we we both have been praying for revival, right? We yeah. have uh, for a long time. We want to see the church revived. We want to see God glorified. We want to see the lost come in. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. That even that song. He's a good, good father. Yeah. And um, what that means to you as well. Yeah, we. Uh... We've been singing that at our church, and it's one of those songs where we introduced it, and it's like as soon as you sing it, it resonates with people, and you start to have conversations of why is that happening? What is it about that? And we talked about this today a little mm-hmm. bit about because we can get a handle on Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We kind of understand how he works and stuff, but we don't always know what to do with the Father. And when you have a song like that where you have this realization that way, I have a good, good Father um, and, and even the first verses, I, I've heard a thousand stories of who, what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night. Mm-hmm. And you tell me, you know, that you're pleased with me. I'm never alone. I just don't think we've heard that. I certainly never heard it in a song. Mm-hmm. When you sing things, it just sounds better. Right. Uh, and so that's been a powerful thing. I've seen God work through that because, you know, People have father issues, and you know, I mean, this is mm-hmm. ocean. there are so many father issues. And if we can understand that we have a good, good father that isn't wishing for us to fail so he can punish us, you know, he's not the strict, you're going to get in trouble, father. He's a, I want you to live into all that I see you are. Guess what? I love you enough to send my son to die for you. Not so that you would stay in bondage, but that you would be free and you would live into that of, hey, I, I'm with you and I have power for you. I mean, it's just, it makes people, you can see their eyes roll because they're trying to, I've never thought like this. And we're talking about it. If you had a community starting to believe that God's with them, that he loves them, that even in their failures, he's with them, the next move of God, I mean, it would come like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm praying that I'm praying for a revival. I'm even, I mean, I have a good, I mean, I have a good father, mm-hmm. earthly father, mm-hmm. um, but even in the good father relationships, they're still skewed because they're not God the Father. So mm-hmm. we all have something to learn from this good, good father mm-hmm. idea. I mean, he's not just good. I mean, he's good. And he's good, good. And uh, I just, yeah, I'm working through that. And I think it's something that, uh, Tim, you actually in- kind of introduced us a little mm-hmm. bit. And we've worked through this. And I think the church, I think the world needs to hear this. I just think there's so much brokenness. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, you know, Jesus, and here he has this incredible, successful moment mm. where he feeds 5,000 plus women and children. So there's like 10, 15,000 people there. 
um, the miracle, the feeding of the 5,000. And then he, you know, he leaves. <laughs> I mean, here he has, <laughs> I know, you just started your church, right? The first mega church. And he leaves and he goes elsewhere and blesses other people and leaves. And sometimes there's success. Sometimes there's failure in his ministry. But his identity was not wrapped up in how many people he ministered to or how many people were there uh, on the mountain in the sermon. His identity in was in his relationship with the Father. Amen. And and that's where he's leading us. I mean, he wants us to live in that same identity that he lived with in his humanity, mm. that he loved his father so much that he was willing to go to the cross, mm. even though it didn't always make sense. And he even cried out, God, please, if some way, Father, take this cup away from me. But in the end, he just prayed, I want to do your will mm. because he loved him. Yeah. And that's why you and I are here today and <laughs> Christianity sprung up and it's because it all goes back to his identity with his father. And um, mm. and it's so cool because to see a, a young generation, I, I'm old now, so I can say you're, you're the young generation, you're probably feeling you're old now, but to see you get that and then to give that to your boys and mm. to love Kalen out of that. And just by being you and just by being a loving family, because your identity is not in doing worship or lead, helping lead a church or teaching, your identity is that you're loved by a father mm. and that's all you need. And so you're able to give that to Kaylin. You're able to give that to your boys. And and what an example, I think that's what the world needs to see. And that's mm. one of the ways revival is going to come through families restored husbands loving you know their wives out of that identity wives loving their husbands out of that father identity love so yeah just thank you for being you thank you for <laughs> it's been great it, it was a surprise i think that your wife sent you out here yeah, and totally. uh, we got to spend some day a couple days together in colorado and uh it's been a blessing and thank yeah. you for doing this podcast anything you as we wrap up anything you want to say no, I, as you were just talking, my last thought was, you know, when we grasp that our father loves us, you know, if my son asked me anything, you know, if, if I told him no to something, hey, can I have a lollipop, right? Because this is an everyday scenario, mm -hmm. can I have a lollipop? And I say, no, you can't have a lollipop. And if he keeps asking me at some point, just because I love him because he really wants it, what happens every once in a while is I go, okay, you can have a lollipop. And we were talking about this a little bit the other day, you know, Moses pleading before the Lord, hey, mm. no, God, you don't do this. Don't, don't, don't destroy these people. Don't start over. God, you made a covenant, a promise. And when we get the Father's heart, I think this is where it connects with revival. And mm -hmm. you see this in Moses, you see this in David. I mean, you see this in all these people who had this crazy connection, Jesus, Paul, mm -hmm they can plead with the father because they know how much the father loves them and they can actually pray it. And God can like, I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how prayer works, but man, God can, can change something. And, and, and if we're praying like that for revival and for God to do things, man, a good, good father wants those things to happen. So there's that powerful shift in getting that father's heart. And, and I don't understand it. But I know he loves us. Mm. And uh, so just being up here in Colorado, 
I mean, it's not the beach, (laughs) but it's really beautiful. And just, man, I feel renewed and refreshed and ready um, to kind of start living this out again down where I'm at and praying that God just does this everywhere Mm -hmm. because uh, his kingdom's big. It's bigger than the local church. Mm -hmm. um, And and he's got big plans and he loves us. Amen. And I'm, I'm excited to watch God use you and your whole family and uh, bless you. Thank you. And I know the Father is going to be shining on you. And, and thanks for be great, being gracious enough to do the podcast, too. Oh, my pleasure. All right. Blessings. And Thank thanks for joining us today. And just join us as we're praying for revival, um, to know the love of God the Father through His Son, filled with his Holy Spirit, Mm. and so that the world will know there's a good, good Father. So Mm. God bless. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us. To hear more episodes or learn more about Oceans Ministries, please visit oceansministries.org.